probably cut this. I'm going to cut everything that just happened. <laughs> Kelly, do you have any Valentine's Day plans? Um, I'll be working, Rachel. Ah, that is a good use of your time. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is our Valentine's Day episode. So this is actually going to come out the day after Valentine's Day, which is 50% off Chocolate Day and Galentine's Day. Ooh, that's fitting. Yeah, so maybe, well, well, you'll be at work. I was going to say, maybe you should just come hang out and we'll eat candy on the couch. That sounds fun. I have been sick for literally the last two weeks. Ugh. Yeah, Rachel's getting over the flu. Yeah, dude, total horseshit. I do not recommend getting the flu. I don't recommend it. It's not a good time. There's actually, I learned, the flu only lasts on surfaces for 48 hours, but there's a, a virus that has identical symptoms to the flu, but without the stomach stuff, which is basically what I've been going through, and it lasts a week on those surfaces, so like, ugh. Hey, this is also our 15th episode. Can you believe it? 15? Man, we've been sticking with it. I know, the list of things that I have done 15 times, that's a short list. (laughs) Yeah, especially when it's a really involved hobby like this. This is very effortful. Yes, and this is also the first K-Ray-only episode we've done in a few weeks. Yeah, we hope that you all enjoy it, and we hope you missed us, even though we enjoyed very thoroughly talking to other people. I felt like they added a really cool flavor. Oh my god, as hard as sound engineering is for two people, we were struggling with three. Yeah, I actually did get some messages about that. And here's the thing, Rachel and I, um, if you have listened to our earlier episodes, it was trial and error all along the way, figuring out what worked and what didn't. And we found what worked for us. But we did not really anticipate, you know, the first time you sit in a microphone, it's unnatural. So you move this way and that and yeah. So yeah, there there are notable sound issues that we are working on, okay? At this point, we're just throwing paint at the wall and seeing what sticks. So far, there are lots of things that are sticking though. Yeah, I'm into it. And me I like, too. I like the guest episodes. They're fun. Yeah, me too. And I like our show. We hope that you're enjoying our show too. Speaking of our show. So welcome back to Southern Health. I'm Kelly. And I'm Rachel. We are a weekly hangout podcast where Kelly and I hang out and we pick a topic and we both research it and we come together to just talk about it. Yeah, so every week we have a conversation about a topic that is either pertinent to the South or just, I never know how to finish that sentence. Yeah. The South is so often like put into a box. Like you, people say the West is all super liberal. And then that guy wrote a manifesto saying, I don't think women should do coding jobs. Yeah. So clearly not all... Not all Western people are liberal, and not all Northerners are assholes. We're just trying to say the South, you know, we can talk about anything. We're not, don't put us in a box. Yeah. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like us, leave us a review. If you don't like us, we ask that you keep that to yourself. Yeah, just unsubscribe in silence and... And we'll part ways and never speak of this again. Yeah, maybe you were in our demographic. Yeah. Or if you have a legitimate concern that would maybe be beneficial, uh, tell us, but nicely. <laughs> we get so excited every time we have feedback. Um, It's finally started, you know, trickling in. We get these really sweet messages and uh, reviews on iTunes and emails, and we love those. So yeah, keep them coming. Yeah. If you like us, Leave us a review on iTunes. You do it. Please. Please. We're not trying to come across as desperate, but (laughs) maybe we're a little desperate. Not really. So for this episode, we're talking about the absolute hellscape that is post-gay marriage. Yes, Rachel, these are dark times. 
here the, in the south the darkest and, and the country it's true my driveway is literally covered to the brim with brimstone yeah that was that was some hopscotching i had to do to get here without falling into a lava pit and kelly mentioned this earlier on the walk in the fireproof umbrellas are very heavy yes they are very heavy it's really cumbersome to carry one you know it's just the price we pay to live in this world it's true and watching demons pick children off of the sidewalk to carry them off it's been hard yes rachel did bring this to my attention there's been a strong uptick in demon attacks um, <clears throat> my, my uncle Boaz was viciously attacked just <sighs> last week. I remember, I remember reading the obituary. It said eviscerated. He was also snorting bath salts at the time. That might have had something to do with it. But would he have been snorting bath salts if gay marriage was still illegal? We'll never know. It's true. Correlation, causation, we're struggling here. <laughs> and Rachel, here's a point that a lot of our listeners may have never thought about. So gay marriage was made legal nationwide on June 26, 2015. A mere two years later, on July 28, 2017, the Emoji Movie released. Ooh, that is pretty damning. I'm just saying. <sighs> All I'm saying is it makes you think. That's another thing that there has been a huge, huge increase in dog marriages. I am the dog mom of two beautiful girls and I will not allow them to be defiled in these trying times. Yeah, people really called that, you know, when this started becoming a nationwide discussion. Everyone, well, many people were like, people are just going to start marrying dogs and cats. And it turns out they were right. They were right. There are six dog marriages in my block alone. Yeah, and I'm so fucking tired of getting invited to dog weddings. <sighs> What do you even get for your gift? Like, usually you try to get something that's going to last forever, but they chew everything. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't mean to laugh at that. And all of that to say, we made all of this up. Literally all of it, <laughs> obviously. Because, you know, there's going to be someone who's just like, wow, they think that everything's a hellscape now. I'm, like, super offended. It was a joke, which we shouldn't have to say, but there it is. There's a lot of things that we say on this podcast that we feel like we shouldn't have to spell out, but we do anyway, because holy shit. <laughs> yeah, for Valentine's Day, we thought we'd do a marriage episode, and we decided to go with gay marriage. So we basically painted this hellscape, because if you remember when this debate was huge, and everybody was talking about it, and whether or not you supported or were against was something that, that you kind of owned. Like, it was a part of who you were. Um, a lot of people who thought gay marriage being legal, that's kind of what they thought, that it was just going to be... Fire and brimstone. But Sodom and Gomorrah, just... Yeah. End of times, yeah. Which... <sighs> If you want to go down that rabbit hole, I mean, wouldn't you be really pumped for the end of times if that's what you believed in? Like, shit, yeah, let's get this over with. I'm going to heaven, y'all. See, I that's actually part of why I think evangelicals are less likely to be on the uh, environmentalism train. Because they're like, let's burn this bitch down so we can go to the good shit. Oh. Hmm. When in reality, they're just making life harder for their children and their grandchildren. <laughs> Recycle something. <laughs> So, especially for those of you who are from the South and remember the past decade, um, it was a pretty rabid debate, and people who were anti-gay marriage were just vehemently opposed to it. It was going to be bad for the country. Um, it was going to have all of these, like, insane social and cultural negative effects. So, we kind of just want to make the point that that's uh, in no way true, and actually, uh, on the contrary, in a lot of ways. But before we get into all that, I found a study that I thought was uh, pretty fascinating. It was published by the Association 
Association for Psychological Science, and it's called The Effect of a Supreme Court Decision Regarding Gay Marriage on Social Norms and Personal Attitudes. So the point of this study, okay, I'm not going to pick it apart, but they researched this idea that the Supreme Court making a ruling one way or the other can directly affect social norms. So when gay marriage was illegal, it gave people this idea like, oh, gay marriage is bad. I mean, it's illegal, so it must be bad. And I can be openly against it because that's the social norm. And then when it became legal in 2015, that attitude kind of shifted immediately where it was like, oh, gay marriage is legal. That means that a lot of people must support it. That means that it's probably not that bad, essentially. Yeah. And um, they compared this to similar findings after the Supreme Court legalized interracial marriage. So interracial marriage did not become legal until 1967. I did not know that. Wow, religion was cited as an excuse to not do that, too. Exactly. So when interracial marriage became legal in 1967, support was at about 25%. So 25% of people were in favor of interracial marriage. And today that has swung to over 80%. There are still 20% of people that... Dude, I know that was my thought to you. <laughs> I'm happy they're in the minority, but damn, y'all. Yeah. Religion was also actually cited for why men and women don't deserve equal pay because men are supposed to be the head of the household. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I think you would be hard-pressed to find someone who said, hey, I think that that single mom over there doesn't need to make as much money as the man she's working next to. Just the Supreme Court making that ruling, it kind of shifted American ideals to think, oh, it's the new social norm to be pro-gay marriage. And that thought process does influence behavior. So if you have this understanding that, okay, being in favor of gay marriage is the new social norm, so it's okay if I consider myself to be in support of gay marriage. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I just thought it was really interesting how just the act of the Supreme Court deciding, okay, it's legal now, began the shift in attitudes. And um, I have another statistic. I wonder how much this has to do with, I mean, if you, if you look up to the Supreme Court or any court for that matter, like as an authority, a lot of people tend to be followers. So if they think that, okay, these people who are smarter and better than me for all of these reasons feel this way, then I should feel that way too. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. And also, I mean, no, popular attitudes do kind of shift our points of view sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, if you grow up and everyone around you is against gay marriage and that's what you've always heard is the right way to be, you just kind of adopt that automatically and never feel the need to challenge it. But then if one day it becomes legal and you realize that most of the population is in support of it, it would hopefully make you reconsider your position. Have you watched um, I Love You America with Sarah Silverman? No. It's actually hilarious. It's on Hulu and you should check it out. But she goes and hangs out with this family from Louisiana and they're all Trump supporters. But um, one of them was like, oh yeah, we all support gay marriage. Like it's not a big deal. Could you imagine that? Like just three years ago. Yeah, I know in the Republican Party. That kind of ties into another statistic I read that I thought was really interesting because this attitude has shifted drastically in the past decade. Um, in 2007, 54% of Americans opposed same-sex marriage and 37% uh, were in favor. But in 2017, 62% of Americans were in favor of same-sex marriage and only 32% opposed. Wow. So yeah, that's a pretty huge change in 10 years. My dad, who was, he had friends who were gay, but he was a traditional biblical kind of guy. So he was never in favor of gay marriage. But his phrase was a phrase that he heard from someone else. And it was um, this guy that he worked with that was from Sand Mountain, which is like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. If you're from here, Sand Mountain is like what we consider to be hick. <laughs> Like, we know we're hick, but that's, like, next level. Dueling banjos. Yes. 
And um, this guy from Sand Mountains told dad, uh, they were talking about gay marriage and he said, can't see it from my house. And I think that's really where dad was at with it. He, he was religiously opposed to it, but ambivalent otherwise. He didn't care. Yeah. I mean, mind your own fucking business. It's yeah. Not, it's not that difficult. Can't see it from my house. <laughs> that's a good attitude. But um, actually when, when this was, this is a point we're going to get to, but you know, gay marriage isn't really in the news that much these days, but it used to be fucking everywhere. And I remember reading, you know, some fluff piece about <clears throat> some Republican politician had openly changed his mind on gay marriage and was now saying, okay, I'm in favor of it now. And his reasoning was that he was at some event and he met a gay couple and he was like, wow, they really love each other. Just like a man and woman. That really changed my perspective. <laughs> and it's like, on, okay, on the one hand, yay. On the other, you didn't just know that. <laughs> that reminds me of our Southern anti-intellectualism episode, because it's like, if you had read a book, you would have empathized with these people. That's a great point. Yeah. Read a book besides the Bible. But, and I, I wonder, I wonder how many people who were just like, gay marriage is bad and gay people are bad, or I'm sorry, who were like that had ever met a gay person. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see the world from, you know, if you're just closing yourself in. Yeah. And it's one thing, like, to go back to can't see it from my house, it's one thing to be ambivalent to the world and not be actively trying to change it. Like, if you're saying, I want to stay in my little bubble and I don't want it, then don't be trying to influence everybody else's bubble. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> so fuck out. <laughs> So in my efforts, what I was really curious about was how um, gay marriage had affected the wedding industry and the economy around that. There were no articles. I could find nothing dating. Like the earliest thing that I saw was about when New York had legalized gay marriage as, you know, before the Supreme Court. And it was a $229 million industry for the city. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. So I was curious, how, what is the impact? And no one gives a shit. Like, it's really funny that you mentioned that because I, I did find one, one piece, but I, I really had to dig. I mean, I had to filter by dates like from June 26, 2015 to present day. And then, you know, some more filtering from there. It was buried pretty, pretty deep. But I did find one thing. Um, oh, snap. Yeah. Kelly coming through. <laughs> this was a study conducted by the Williams Institute at UCLA School <clears throat> of Law. And they studied exactly what you're talking about, the impact of gay marriages on the hospitality industry and the uh, nationwide economy. And what they found is just in the year, oops, just in the first year after gay marriage became legal, so June 2015 to June 2016, uh, same-sex couple weddings. There were 123,000 same-sex couple weddings in that year, which boosted the national economy by over $1.58 billion. Wow! Yeah, and that included $1.35 billion in direct wedding spending and an additional $228 million in spending by wedding guests see that's what i'm talking about yeah and they estimated that that boost added 102 million dollars to state and local coffers in the 46 states that collect state and local sales taxes that's amazing yeah. and that's not even that's not even to mention the money that divorce lawyers are gonna be making <laughs> yeah that that is one industry that is the wedding industry you know that's not even i i really wish i could have found some data between you know have are people buying more houses now that gay marriage is legal or whatever whatever the hell married people spend money on i don't fucking know <laughs> lows lows all day <laughs> 
has Lowe's stock gone up since 2015? I would love to know. Colin and I spent the today building this um, built-in desk for the office. So Kelly saying this, I was just like, I know exactly. <laughs> that is hilarious. Man, I wish I had that number. I know, that'd be really funny. Like if we just did the stock for Lowe's and it's just like, we're like, oh, I'm really happy that you found that number because I knew it It had to be substantial and it was. But they're really, Rachel is right. There is not a lot of research out right now that's um, that's really looking into the nationwide impact of same-sex marriage becoming legal, which we think is pretty hilarious because before it was legalized, people were just like, it's the fucking end of times. Brimstone, brimstone everywhere. Dog weddings everywhere. But it turns out, no one gives a shit. <laughs> that's the KRA guarantee. No one gives a shit. Like, that's that's the case with most things, you know, when people are just like, oh shit, we cannot let this happen. And then it happens and then it doesn't matter. Life goes on. Yeah, just you would think evangelicals would take this lesson and apply it to abortion, but heck no. So one shocking fallout of the Supreme Court ruling is that the cost of lube has skyrocketed. Okay, I'm joking. I would be interested in seeing that too because, you know, supply and demand. Is there more demand now? I mean, I'm just thinking about it like if you're going on your honeymoon, you know? Oh. You're going to need a family-sized bottle. Oh, God, not family-sized. That's the wrong <laughs> terminology. <laughs> you're going to need economy. <laughs> yes, an economy-sized bottle. That's... <laughs> So this is not exactly related to, I mean, I, I didn't, I couldn't find any data for this. I wish I could have, but like we just said, people aren't covering this. It's not a story of interest anymore. It's just the new normal, which is great. And we're super happy about that. It should have been the new normal, you know, always. Yeah. We shouldn't have to tell people to treat other humans like humans. But something that I found really interesting in all of my reading is that LGBTQ people are more likely to be low-wage earners, but are still four times more likely to be foster or adoption parents. So, I mean, the last part makes sense because, you know, that's how they have children. They adopt or, yeah, I guess, I guess I never realized that they were more likely to be foster families, but that makes sense. Yeah, I would, the thing that got me, the, the article that I was reading, it was in Slate and I think it came out in January. I don't remember the title, but it's why are, why are gay people so more likely to be low income? Yeah, I was just wondering that. That doesn't make any sense. I I mean, there's this is completely anecdotal and assumption on my part, but I know that there's data to back up being bullied makes you more likely to earn less than people who weren't bullied. So I would imagine that now that the cultural norm is shifting, I would think in the next, you know, it, it's going to take a while because the, the kids that are coming of age right now aren't necessarily coming of age in the it's okay to be gay era. That is a great point. Um, when I was in high school, I was very close to someone who was um, homosexual, but, you know, in the closet in high school because we were in rural Tennessee and came out years later. But even not being out. It was so obvious. And he, well, he lived through hell, really. It was not, it was not socially acceptable at that time to be a gay man. And I was looking at the same school, but one of the seniors in the graduating class just a few years ago, he was openly gay. 
Um, and he seemed to be a school darling. Everyone loved him, which is great. But there's, you know, 10 years between those two dates. And as we've seen by these numbers, how like drastically and how quickly the public attitude has shifted. So yeah, I would say future generations, maybe they'll have an easier time. I would hope so. And I mean, to look at it this way, straight people are the people, well, straight people or rape victims are the people creating foster children and children that are going up for adoption. So if the people most likely to take care of those children are gay, I would want them to be as successful as possible. So I hope that, you know, we're creating a better support network for our country's most vulnerable people. That's a great point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, and I want, I wonder how much of that is still workplace discrimination. That's a really good point, which there is really no way, there's no way of quantifying you know things like that because no one is going to admit yeah i don't hire gay people but yeah and on top of that um gay marriage is a great start for the rights of gay people but it's not the end right now you can still discriminate based on they can get discriminated for housing and jobs like they can be fired for being gay because they're not protected really yeah i mean you would a wrongful termination lawsuit would be hellish but right now like if you look at equal opportunity employment they're not covered under that. I'm gonna Google who all is covered. Just be. <clears throat> yeah, that's so. I always wonder because in Tennessee we live in an at-will employment state. That means one day my employer can literally say, "I don't like the look of you," and fire me, and I have no legal recourse. And um, I wonder how often that happens, where someone is actually discriminating against you for being a member of a protected class, but just finding some bullshit reason to terminate an employee. So equal opportunity employment <clears throat> means that you cannot be discriminated against um, on the basis of sex, race, or age. Oh, it doesn't include sexual orientation. Yeah, so if you're, for example, Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby became a person, and that person doesn't think that the people working for it, for that they... fucking crazy. Yeah, can, they don't think that they get birth control. So they don't have to cover your birth control if you work for Hobby Lobby because Hobby Lobby, the entity, is religious. So Hobby Lobby doesn't necessarily have to employ gay people if they don't want to. I don't know if they do or not, but the thing that pisses me off about Hobby Lobby, okay, I'm sorry, <clears throat> we have been relatively on the rails this episode. I'm going off the rails. It was going to happen sooner or later. The thing that makes me mad is most of their stuff is from China, and China has forced abortions in some cases to to keep in line with the um, now two children policy. So it's like not even choosing abortions, but you have to get one. The government tells you you have to have one wow. or you face horrible consequences. Man. This makes me really not want to shop at Hobby Lobby anymore, but I do have to say, um, I think it's pretty funny. The last time I shopped at Hobby Lobby, I stocked up on materials for BDSM gear. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it better. (laughs) I don't shop at Hobby Lobby. And one time I had to go to Hobby Lobby with like this, someone else like made me go. And I remember just feeling like, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to buy anything here. But it, it, it was, it was like stupid angst because I'm not, I'm not, ter- I'm not shutting down Hobby Lobby. I mean, but you know, really the only vote of ours that fucking counts is the vote with our wallet. True. So. Very true. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll buy my uh, bondage supplies from Michael's now, Rachel. Yeah. Go to Michael's or Joanne. I'll go with you. <laughs> it's a date. And the other thing that Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby thinks that barcodes are the mark of the beast and that's why everything is stickered so that they have to enter the numbers oh my god really mm-hmm. they're anti-barcode they are crazy they're crazy they're crazy that's all that's my holy shit 
Yeah. That's next level. Yeah. Damn. And it it's just so stupid. Like their argument is null and void once you look at their supply chain. So it's like you're saying your dollar doesn't support this, but it does. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> now that we're off of the Hobby Lobby is is kind of the devil. Yeah, Hobby Lobby, if it since it <sighs> is, you know, a person legally, it might be the Antichrist. Yeah, Hobby Lobby as a person is an asshole. <laughs> I'm really excited about how little we have to talk about in this episode. That's a silver lining because, you know, Rachel and I picked this topic and we were really excited about it. We thought this will be really nice for Valentine's Day. You know, we're coming up on, well, it's been past two and a half years that same-sex marriage has been legal in this country. And I was really excited to research this because I love statistics. And, you know, I like, I like diagrams, what have you. But there's nothing. L- like the research, you know, in June 2015, there are articles upon articles but after that it just peters out people aren't really studying this anymore which is interesting in a way but I kind of like that too because yeah maybe we shouldn't separate same-sex marriage and heterosexual marriage because we're all people yeah at this point it's very steadily just becoming marriage so yeah that in and of itself has made me think about this in different ways yeah um although one thing I did read and this I'm sorry if this makes me a jerk If you're an evangelical Christian, I support you and I support your right to do whatever you want so long as you are not telling other people that their moral compass is wrong. Because if my moral compass tells me that I can do something and you tell me, no, you're wrong, you can't do that because I disagree, that's where I draw the line in the sand. You know, unless unless we're talking about horrible shit, right? Murder. Pedophilia, yeah. Yeah. These are very clear, clear lines in the sand of morality for everyone. You would think, but there's always a person who's just like, well, if we're going to let people do what they want, then can I just fucking stab you in the throat? Kelly's right. There are limits. Um, (laughs) But the way evangelical Christians who have traditionally been the big opposers of gay marriage, the new legal tactic, they're painting themselves as the vulnerable minority needing shelter from the majority and the changing times. They need special protections. But... (laughs) What do you need protection from? You well, know, no no one is saying, hey, I don't like it when you uh, praise the Lord, so you can't do that anymore. Well, in, in Alabama's, I actually read this article. I wasn't going to mention it because it was kind of weird, but Alabama is looking at getting rid of marriage certificates. They're looking at turning the marriage certificate, which you would have to go to a judge and the judge says, you're married. They're looking at getting rid of that and instead making it to where it's just a contract. You enter a contract with two people and you submit it to the court and the court, like the probate court, just approves it. So they're basically saying, well, since gay people can get married, now no one can get married. That's exactly it. They're like throwing toddler. Exactly. And it's going to cost them millions of dollars in revenue from, I think when Colin and I got married, it was like 50 bucks or something. So imagine that for everyone. They're losing yeah. that money. That's so stupid. Yeah. And it's kind of hilarious that you have a sect of the Christian American population who's just like, we need protection because we're the minority now. It's like, how does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been holding people down for so long. Yeah. And you can totally still practice your religion. No one is trying to have, stop you. You, you just can't be an asshole as much as you used to be able to. You can have all of the boring sex you want. <laughs> all of it. Lights off. Yeah. That's Wait until you're uh-huh, married. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, This is planning this episode together just a few minutes ago. I stumbled across an article um, that was like, if you want to divorce-proof your marriage, don't have premarital sex. And it just made me head desk so hard. 
Because, yes, correlation and causation. Okay, people who do not have premarital sex may be less likely to divorce. Does that mean that they are happily married or satisfied or anything? No. All that really means is that people who don't have premarital sex also don't believe in getting divorces. They yeah. could be fucking miserable. Yeah. My morbid curiosity knows no bounds. So I subscribe to the Dead Bedroom subreddit. And a common theme there is that people who do not engage in premarital sex get married with one party thinking, okay, now that we're married, we can finally start boning. Nope. (laughs) Turns out if you could suppress that for that long, you probably weren't that into it to begin with. Exactly. I'm just saying. That's our, that's our theory and we're sticking with it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. While yes, we are bashing waiting until you get married, obviously. I I don't give a shit. I will bash that. I just wanted to say that I support people doing whatever they, whatever makes you happy. As long as you're not trying to tell everyone, like in this case, they're saying that if you did this, you're more likely to get divorced. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just as likely as anybody else. And even if I am more likely to get a divorce than someone who waited, that doesn't really mean anything. That doesn't mean they're happier. That doesn't mean their marriage is better. That means nothing, really. Yeah. So you're just lording it over us just because it's what you believe. Exactly. On the one hand, I support anyone doing whatever makes them happy. I do not support people trying to use that to oppress you. Just let people be happy. We We shouldn't have to hammer home that message, but some people are clearly missing it. It's just like abortions to me. If you think that abortions are morally reprehensible, don't get one. And if you think that gay marriage is beneath you, then don't get gay married, man. Mind your own business. Can't see it from my house. Oh my god. (laughs) Although I I am kind of interested, like, the people who genuinely would browbeat you on this argument, I would love to hear their perspective. Like, what do they really think? Like, why do they think that they have to be the person fighting that war? My theory is that in a lot of cases, these people um, grew up indoctrinated. You know, they were taught by their loved ones, this is the way. And so they just grew up with that assumption, that's the way. And when they're confronted with an idea that's just like, no, that's actually wrong. That's very wrong. And it's kind of morally repugnant. Then they take that as a personal offense. So... It turns into like, I am defending me and my values and my family's values by defending this outdated position that I have. Hmm, I can see that. It's kind of like what we were talking about in the last episode. It, It is my opinion that if you are strong in whatever you believe, it doesn't matter what I believe because you know that it's right for you. But if you feel like me believing differently is an attack on that, then I think that you're, it's a front and you don't really deeply believe it. I agree. Yeah. It, to me, it reeks of insecurity. Yeah, that. Exactly. And we don't like it. It's bullshit. And we hate it here at Southern Hills. I always point at Kelly when I say that. <laughs> One of these days, I do think we should do a video episode because that has been suggested a number of times. I don't think it would be quite as exciting. As- no, the, if we use truncate silence, like... <laughs> like right there (laughs) (laughs) it would be a lot of me and kelly staring at each other and smiling and trying not to laugh and then being like oh yeah we have to talk about the thing okay here's um oh yeah there's a lot of stifled laughter that gets cut out which is kind of that might be fun to watch but this is another thing i have had at least three different people independently give me the same suggestion which is that we need to take questions while we're recording and i yeah it's a great idea but i (laughs) I just don't really know how that would work because, you know, no one is listening to this discussion right now. This is not a live recording. So we tried on our last episode um, announcing our topic online and saying, hey, we're talking about this. If you have an idea, submit a question anonymously. 
and it was like crickets basically. So I've, I've thought about doing a similar thing, but being like, hey, if you have a question or a comment on this topic, call us via Facebook Messenger or what have you and just seeing what we get. I mean, it'd be a fun experiment, but I gotta say, um, this is not an outlet for your crackpot shit. We may circle back to this and actually invite one of our gay friends. Oh my God, speaking of gay friends, something I read, I was looking at Breitbart and yeah I know other like other super to the opposite of anything that I believe in articles on this subject just just to get some perspective and something that I read that absolutely cracked me up it was saying if you reduce a person to their sexuality you reduce who they are to one thing so you are dehumanizing them and that's why gays shouldn't be allowed to get married And I was like, okay, then what you were saying is that all humans should be allowed this thing? That's, yeah, that's what that point would actually lead to, one would think. Nope, they were saying, no, 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 only heterosexuals should be allowed to get married. It's like, but you're reducing them to their sexuality then. And they're like, just, just let me employ these mental gymnastics, please. (laughs) It's funny because that's exactly what um, people who oppose same-sex marriage do. They reduce the person to their sexuality. They're saying, oh, you are less than me. You are not entitled to the same rights as me because this is your sexual preference. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? How is, how is that not obvious to anyone? It just, to go so far as to try and get rid of marriage certificates in Alabama because some court judges don't want to marry gay people. Yeah, okay, they already spend like the least on education. If we take away more of their money, we're going to be fucked in a few years. We're going to have to put, we are like right up against Alabama. We're going to have yeah. to put up with them. Yeah, we don't want that. If every time I ran into someone that I thought was an absolutely uneducated idiot, if I could give their school $5 in the past, I think that the world would be a better place. That's a really interesting. Maybe I should just start asking them, what school did you go to? I want to prevent people like you. I'm just going to start donating now. <laughs> just tell me where you went to school so I know where to send my box tops. <laughs> I really need them to do better. (laughs) Yeah, okay, Marion County, which is where Jasper, Tennessee is located, is on the Tennessee-Alabama border, so this is not bullshit. We we want our Alabamian neighbors to have a solid education. Yes. Because we share roads with them. Yes. (laughs) God help us. I, but on that same note, we're not saying that just because you're in our face, we, that's why we care about your education. We want all the kids to be educated. But if you have to be in our face, we do tend to care a little bit more. Yes. And it, it's just, it's basically a state threatening to shoot itself in the foot to make a point that's already outdated. Yep. And a lot of those judges, I mean, how old are they? Yeah. If if it's okay to be gay and that's the new cultural norm, eventually they're going to be replaced. Do you really want to get rid of that now, knowing that in the future the judges aren't going to care? That's really true, yeah. <laughs> you ding-dongs. It's a tantrum, and it really bothers me that there's so much going on in our country right now, like with DACA and, and net neutrality, that are just almost universally supported by the people, but are it's like our values are being held hostage by our elected officials. That's, yeah, exactly true. So stop it. <laughs> and God, you kind of just reminded me. Um, I remember, like, I didn't even know that that vote was happening. I woke up one morning and gay marriage was legal in all 50 states. And I was like, oh, wow, what a beautiful day to be an American. And of course, on social media, uh, people were expressing their approval or is it disapproval? 
Disapproval? Disapproval. And one of my friends was like, <coughs> this is a red state. If you want to get gay married, go to a blue state. But this is a red state. We live in the Bible Belt. Like, that was some sort of argument for gay marriage should be illegal here because this is a red state. Oh, okay. I see. That's ignorant. It's and like, whatever. This is another, that's another thing that pisses me off. Like, why, and we talked about this recently, and I don't remember if it was for an episode or not, but it's really annoying that bipartisan politics has us in a place where you can't be a Republican who supports gay marriage. You can't be a Republican who supports abortion. Like, you're supposed to be the platform that's for um, being fiscally conservative, which is not the case, clearly, because they are spending more money than anybody. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's a really great point. And I guess that's, you know, we have the Libertarian Party that pops up every election, and I I get it. Socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Um, But yeah, these social politics need to just fuck off because, as we have said before, progress is a natural flow and as a society we pr- we are clearly progressing in this direction and you you can certainly throw a tantrum and waste a lot of money and try to inhibit it but you're not going to stop it and you're sure as fuck not going to reverse it you're right so get get on board and get acclimated if you need to marathon queer eye <laughs> just start now <laughs> they i have to say that queer eye just came out on netflix they like rebooted it. What was that really sexy MTV show in the 90s? Oh my god. That was like my first time seeing uh gay and lesbian sex happen on TV. Undressed? Yes. Okay, so I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this, but I do think it is interesting from just the perspective of being a woman. As we've said repeatedly, there's not a ton of data right now on uh, same-sex marriage rates or divorce rates, but Based on what little we know, it does seem that lesbians are much more likely to get divorced than gay men, and um, this is based on data from the United Kingdom, just bear that in mind. Same-sex marriage became legal in the UK in 2014. Uh, Within the first three months, there were 1,409 same-sex marriages. 56% of those were women. By 2016, um, the number of same-sex divorces out of those 1,409 marriages there were 112 divorces and three quarters of those were lesbian couples so 87 out of 112 yeah wow same-sex divorces were uh lesbian couples and obviously we have no way of knowing for sure why that happens but what researchers believe is happening um women in general tend to have higher expectations when it comes to relationships and on top of that women are more prone to say they want to get married and they're also more likely to initiate a divorce so you have like that yeah that perfect storm i guess yeah that makes sense and oh this was a point that i thought was really cool so like yeah, why 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 do women tend to be more trigger happy to get married? And I learned something that um, when we feel a connection, it gives us a rush of dopamine and oxytocin. So we get like these really strong feelings, you know, this literal chemical rush when we meet someone. And then when you multiply that times two, so when two women connect with each other, it's just this intense bliss, I guess. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, anecdotally, my lesbian friends claim that lesbian drama is the worst of all possible drama, so... (laughs) (laughs) But just speaking anecdotally from my own, yes, heterosexual relationships, but yeah, I I don't even know if I want to say this, but you know, men in my experience, they're way less likely to be like, so what did you mean by that? 
or, hey, you said this and it hurt my feelings for this reason. Things kind of just seem to like roll off their shoulders, I guess. Yeah. Well, Colin and I actually, I can't remember what he said that triggered me to respond with this. I should probably ask him and then tell you guys I'm going to post about it and then never post about it. (laughs) But for one week out of the month, women feel off. In some cases, kind of sick, like just not yourself in one way or another. And that's one week out of every month, unless you, like me, have PCOS and then who knows. But men can't relate to that. Like if they are sick, they are sick. The rest of the time, they are at a baseline. That is such a great point that I never thought about. But yeah, I I am a pretty hormonal woman. You know, sometimes I cry for no reason. Sometimes I feel like the sky is falling just from nowhere. And it's... I want to say that the conversation we were having, oh, I remember what it was. This comedian, Bill Burr, said, men make decisions. I'm going to, here's a problem. I'm going to go solve this problem. And that's that. Meanwhile, women say, here's this problem. There is no solution. I just want you to talk about it. But I was like, well, you have to think. One week out of the month, there's a problem in our life that is literally just, I want to acknowledge it and there's nothing I can do about it, but I can always expect it. Yeah. And I that's that's such bullshit. You know, I like solving my problems too. Yeah, me too. It, it is. He, but Bill Burr was saying, and that's why men are on top. And I like Bill Burr. He's a funny comedian. And he's clearly like not actually an asshole. Yeah. But yeah, that is a really stupid point of view. Because if I can solve it, I do. Yeah. But if I, <sighs> I'd be interested in knowing, you know, the science or the numbers, but it just seems women are more emotionally intuitive and I, yeah, I process a lot of things emotionally. So sometimes there's a problem and the logical response would be to never speak to this person again. But by doing that, that would make me very sad. So you have to weigh those options sometimes. Yeah. I saw this this thing on Reddit. This is not related to gay marriage again, but <laughs> I saw this thing on Reddit where this dad was doing a D&D campaign with his daughters and he had them attack this pack of wolves. That, the whole point is you're supposed to attack this pack of wolves and then you'll gain a level. But you can, it's D&D, so you can approach it however they want. And the little girls didn't attack them. They were like, okay, well, we're going to get the wolves to be our friends. So then they got the wolves to be their friends. And now they're just, you know, wandering the countryside with this pack of wolves. And this dad was like, this is why girls are going to rule the world. <laughs> That's awesome. They didn't just immediately respond with violence. Oh, but um, there was another point in that article I wanted to talk about, and it was that women in same-sex marriages are more likely to get divorced, but that's kind of skewed because they're also more likely to get married for probably reasons that we already talked about. Out of 134,000 same-sex couples in the United States in the year 2011, so before uh, same-sex marriage was legalized, 62% of those were women, even though women only make up 51% of same-sex relationships. So, wow. yeah, it, it seems that we're just more likely to want to get married. Yeah. And then we're more likely to say, I'm really tired of your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I am not able to reconcile with this <laughs> crap you're putting in my corner. Basically. That's actually before Colin and I got married. One of the, I mean, we're both children of divorce. So the conversation that we had was neither one of us ever wants to get divorced. But more importantly, neither one of us ever wants to get to a place where we hate the other person. Yeah. So I think avoiding that or even just getting to a place where you care a lot less about that person. I mean, it's one of those things that it might seem like for a lot of people that you can become blinded to it until it's right in your face. But for us, we just deal with anything as soon as it happens. It's kind of sad how many people don't do that. I see it on 
their relationships subreddit all the time people have you know this problem that's just driving a huge wedge between them and they've never talked about it yeah i it just just communicate yeah this last article <clears throat> it's it's made me reevaluate you know myself i i try to do that every day but i did not realize that women place more expectations on a relationship so yeah and when i'm in a relationship i do i do have expectations on my partner which i think is a normal healthy thing to do but maybe in the future i will reevaluate you know is is this a reasonable expectation well actually i kind of wonder now if we're saying that lesbians are more likely to initiate divorce who's more likely to initiate divorce than the heterosexual marriages um, is it women too? Yeah, I think that's what they were insinuating. Let me reread it again exactly. Yeah, so this is a quote. It says, This reflects trends in a heterosexual marriage because women are more prone to say they want to marry, but they're also more likely to initiate a divorce. Even if you control for age, there is still a trend of more women ending partnerships with men. And part of that is probably a cultural problem too. Like, women bear the brunt of having to be the person to say, how do you feel about this? And dragging that out of their partner. Oh, what what is the term for that? <clears throat> There's a term. Oh my god, I'm going to Google it real quick. But okay. Because it's, right now we, we kind of, we forget to emotionally educate men. Yes. As a society. But I kind of wonder, do gay men have that same problem? Is it just two dudes hanging out and never talking about their problems? Because maybe that's why they're less likely to get divorced. They're just like, if I never talk about it and you never talk about it, it never exists. Man, that is a really, yeah, I'd be interested. Emotional labor. Yes, women bear the emotional labor in relationships. That means that like, yeah, like you just said, we have to initiate discussions with the man about our feelings. And that's the stereotype. Men don't want to talk about their feelings. It's always the women making them and the man's rolling his eyes. But that's that's not a pleasant thing for us to do. No. It's also a necessary tool in fostering and maintaining a healthy relationship. Yeah. And men feel just as many feelings as women. When I was in high school, the whole one of the main arguments against gay marriage that, that bothers me is the religious aspect because there are plenty of religions that condone certain behaviors that we take no interest in legalizing. For example, Mormonism is okay with polygamy, but you don't see us trying to let people, you know, marry multiple women or... So it, it's just really strange to me that we allow logic to not actually dictate things. Yeah, and I want to say, I want to say it's Leviticus that has rules for slave owners. So let's just, let's not use the Old Testament to make our rules. Yeah. And shortly after it says the thing that everybody quotes in Leviticus, it also says don't eat shellfish and women can't wear pants. Like it basically explains women shouldn't be wearing pants. So it's like, nobody's trying to ban pants, man. <laughs> man, we went to high school with a girl who was not allowed to wear pants. And this is totally off topic, but whatever's on my mind. Like she had to have, you know, long hair like past her hips. Was she Mennonite? Is it or wait, some I can't remember. And long skirts. She even joined the basketball team and they had to make a special jersey skirt for her to wear because she couldn't wear shorts. But anyway, like when you look at her, she was so obviously, you know, the church girl or the Jesus girl because of her hair and her wardrobe. But her brother was just a totally normal dude. You know, he, he got to wear blue jeans and letterman jackets and have a normal haircut. And that always really pissed me off. Hey, at least the Amish, they own it on all fronts. I respect that, for real. Yeah, we're, we're all about equality here, clearly. <laughs> this episode is probably going to be a short one, and we're actually really happy about that. Yeah, I, 
I was pumped to have, you know, all these facts and figures, but this is just something that has become so normalized that we don't even, well, we as a society aren't really researching it in the way that I was expecting. Yeah, it's, there. there is no gay marriage, the retrospective where everything is on fire. Yeah, and um, Rachel brought up a really good point off the record. Our episode on Southern racism was an hour and 15 minutes long, you know, that was our longest episode to date. And that's because um, it is still a raging problem. And, you know, we had all of these stories and all of these, uh, hmm, well, I only had one article. <laughs> There, there are just all these, there's all this data out there right now to, that supports that racism is a huge problem and it's causing people to get murdered. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about right now the complicated nature of prosecuting police who shoot unarmed black men, which is a hugely pervasive problem in our society right now. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, that's the issue now. That's what everybody wants to talk about. Whereas two years ago, it was gay marriage. That was the hot yes. topic. That was the end of times. That was Jesus is coming back territory, as Kevin said in our last episode. Yeah, exactly. So we hope that eventually we can do a racism episode that is also very short. <laughs> yeah. And, um, in the future, we would like to revisit this topic, you know, with a guest just to talk about being homosexual in the South. If it is going to be an issue anywhere in the United States, it's going to be here. Let's be realistic. But this episode, we really wanted to focus on the two years since same-sex marriage has become legalized. And we don't care about divorce anymore as a country. I'm of the opinion that you should support love. All love. Any love. If you're the type of person that wants to get married and then change your mind two years later, that's fine. Get divorced. I don't care. Like, you were ready to commit to your person. Yeah. Why is divorce so stigmatized? It's No one gives a fuck. No, they don't. No one cares. It's a totally... I mean, I'm still happy that marriage is the type of thing that, that people go into thinking like, I'm going to make this last for as long as I possibly can. Like, I think that's more realistic. <clears throat> and for most... I don't know. I just think it's... I think that we're... Rather than put an emphasis on you should have the healthiest relationship that you should have, people put an emphasis on you should never get divorced. That's true. Ain't about that. You said something that I thought was really awesome. We were talking about uh, dating and you were like, you meet someone and then you date until it sucks or it doesn't. <laughs> I think the same kind of goes for marriage. I mean, yeah, ideally you want it to last a lifetime, but people change. Yeah, exactly. So it's if you change so much that your person doesn't make sense for you anymore, I don't think that the world should, your world should be ending because of that. And I think that people would be more likely to have happier divorces yeah. if that were the case. And hopefully we'd have less like people just fucking murder-suiciding. <gasps> yeah. I'm getting divorced. I should murder everyone. Yeah. That's, that's a logical reaction. People are crazy. So none of this has anything to do with the topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so in short we support all all love and all marriages however long we support people being happy i guess yeah and we support the happiest longest marriage that you can stand be it two years or 50 years yeah basically um i would like you listener to have the happiest life that you can possibly have and if you achieve that through marrying someone of the same sex or the opposite sex that's great and if later on you decide to achieve that you need to divorce that person that's fine too <laughs> Thanks for listening and happy Valentine's Day. Yes, and happy Galentine's Day. Ooh. Happy Galentine's Day, Rachel. Happy Galentine's Day, Kelly. I still have to get you a Christmas present, so <laughs> don't expect anything. <laughs>
<laughs> Why am I so predictable? <laughs> All right. See y'all next Thursday. Thanks for listening.